Thanks for pressing play. This is Christopher Lockhead, Follow Your Different. And on this episode, we continue our run of legendary authors. And uh, today, one of my favorite people. She's one of the most prolific and I think important writers in the world. Uh, she was our first ever guest and she's been our most regular or reoccurring guest. That's right, Dushka Zapata is back. And if you're a longtime listener, you know exactly who she is and exactly why she's legendary. And if you're new, thanks for joining us. Um, Dushka is a very special person. She's like a magical, mystical creature visiting from some other place. I don't know. She's just uh, incredibly unique, incredibly different. And to put her into context, uh, how beloved her work is, um, she's been her work has been viewed over 157 million times on question and answer site Cora alone. And she's a writer who writes almost every day. Uh, and she's got eight uh, best-selling books out. One of her most recent is called Love Yourself and Other Insurgent Acts That Recast Everything. And um, she's incredible. And if you're not on Cora, check her out um, because sprinkling some douche into your life will make your life a different place. On this episode, we get right into what's uh, what we're all dealing with right now, this coronavirus. And uh, Dushka has a very powerful point of view on social distancing and why she thinks we should be conducting ourselves as if we already had the disease. Um, she talks about why, why it's important to learn to become elastic, how we're all connected. And um, as always, she does some reading for us. Uh, in this case, she reads three things, and um, they're all uh, all fantastic. Dare I say, Dushka is exactly what we all need right now. For more on her and her writing, you can go to Lockhead, L-O-C-H-H-E-A-D.com, and check out the show notes for this episode. Now, leading in uncertain times requires keeping your eyes on the road and your hands on the wheel. And uh, today, more than ever in business, you need to have the full picture of what's going on in your business. That's where my friends at Oracle NetSuite come in. Oracle gives you a complete picture. It's the way you automate and deal with processes in every key area of the business, from finance, inventory, order management, HR, accounts payable, accounts receivable, customer data, and much more. NetSuite is everything you need to gain the visibility and control that you need to make the right moment-to-moment -moment decisions in your business. As a result, NetSuite has become number one in cloud finance and ERP, and uh, really the number one cloud business system on the planet, trusted by more than 19,000 companies. To schedule your free product review and a, your free guide to seven key strategies to grow your profits, visit netsuite.com slash different. That's netsuite.com slash different because with NetSuite, business grows here. Now, big problems require big data and Splunk is the leader in data to everything. Splunk allows you to bring data to every question, every decision, and every action. To learn how to turn data into doing today, visit splunk.com slash D2E as in data to everything. Splunk, S-P-L-U-N-K.com slash D, the number two E. Now, hey ho, Let's go. We are looking for answers in other people. And the fact is, no one has the answers. 
And I think that that's really interesting because you, you forget that you can look within, um, for certain things like managing your anxiety and managing the fear of scarcity, which is one of the things that we, it's one of our pride. We're wired to be fearful of scarcity and we're looking to, we're scrambling, looking to other people for answers. And I mean, definitely there's like scientists and people who actually have answers regarding the virus, but there's a lot of other things that there are no answers for. And we need to stop looking outside of ourselves and start looking within. I think you're right. I think the reality is life is uncertain and it's always uncertain. And we get lulled into a false sense of certainty because as human beings, we love routine. And when our routine seems somewhat predictable, we get lulled into it. And then all of a sudden, bam, something comes along and changes everything. And, you know, you and I talked about this the last time uh, we were together, but we're all going to have those moments in life. Um, we're going to get that horrible call that something has happened to somebody we love, or we're going to face our own medical challenge or, or face our own death or, you know, we're all going to have to have these situations where we've got to step up, whether we like it or not. Yeah. Um, the thing that's interesting about this is it's happening to all of us at the same time. Yes. It's very overwhelming and very interesting. So I want to read you something um, uh, about this precise thing that, that is mostly what I want to be talking about today, because I think it's really important. And I also think that people are I mean, there's just like a certain amount of news that you can take uh, about this thing. And it's just very easy to overdose on Twitter and social media. And get, as you said earlier, you know, just work yourself up into a froth. So I want to definitely talk, talk about what we're all thinking about. But I want to just take a slightly different angle. So I'm going to start by reading you something, which is our tradition. I would love that. All right. This is something I wrote. Uh, a week ago or something. I went to the supermarket twice today. I wanted to put myself in a position where I would need to leave my house as little as possible because we're in the middle of a pandemic and it's the responsible thing to do, not just for me, but for those around me. In my first supermarket visit, the shelves that carried cans, crackers, and toilet paper were completely empty. People around me were clearly on edge, stressed, anxious, grabbing things from shelves and throwing them into their carts. I wanted to buy dishwasher detergent and there was one left and I couldn't reach it. I suddenly felt a sense of powerlessness rise inside of me. That's when I saw that the box I had been reaching for was right in front of my eyes. And I took it and I realized a very tall person was handing it to me. It looks like you wanted this, yes? He says this to me very gently. I turn and we stand there looking at each other, a pause in the middle of a frenzy spinning around us. He smiles at me. His smile feels like someone just dropped a sturdy anchor in the middle of a turbulent ocean. The times we are living in are surreal. Please just stop and be nice to someone. I love that. And um, do you think we're seeing people being nice to each other? I think we're seeing, uh, you know, as it, as is relevant to all of humanity. I think that we're seeing a lot of of the best of us and the worst of us. I think we're seeing people that are frenzied and people that are like shoving each other aside. And I think that we're seeing people being just really careful to each other and smiling at each other. I've seen people be one of the things that fascinates me about these kinds of times, two things. One is kindness that I want to talk more about and just like thinking of other people. And the other is uh, the ability to be elastic, flexible. How are you adapting what you're doing to survive? And um, it just fascinates me. There's this uh, yoga teacher. I, I really love him. His name is Pete. 
And he, like all of us, is just like taking in what's happening. And he's realizing that having these large classes with a lot of people who are, you know, close to each other is um, just not going to work. And he switches his, his classes to Zoom. And I've been doing yoga with him the past two or three days on the Zoom call. And it's like 80 people joining the Zoom. And it's just such an incredible sense of community. And I just think that it's just like kind of creative that he was like, I think I can do this on Zoom. So he's in his in his living room doing something that requires community and connection. And he's like, turn your cameras on so I can see you. And he's on the phone going, Dushka, Dushka, bend your knees a little bit more. And, you know, Sophia, uh, uh, remember that this is about stretching your back, not about this. And, and he's just like, you know, he's reading us poems and he's just like saying um, his, his cat is like walking up to him as he's teaching the class. And I'm just like stunned at how quickly he had that he just basically created a new way to do business for himself um, in, in a way that does something for everyone, but it, it's also like for his own survival. So I think that the two things we need to be thinking about is how to be kind to others and how to do things for others and how to help others, in particular, if we are in a position where we can, which can mean a lot of different things. Um, and the ability to just, we can't continue to do things the way that we've always done them. We have to be elastic. We have to adapt. What does that mean? And I think that means different things to different people. One of the things that I thought about right away was I have to get on another show because podcasts are things people are going to be listening to. And we need to remember that we need to be kind to others and that other people um, have it so much worse. I mean, there's people in the medical profession that are risking their lives and there's people that are um, don't get paid for sick time and can't go to work. And, you know, we need to think about other people. And I think that when we're hunkering down trying to survive, it, it we, it's, it's just helpful to be reminded of that. Yes. And uh, I love that you want to get out there at this time. As somebody who normally writes, you want to, you also want to talk right now, don't you? Yeah. I, I think that that's such an interesting point. I was, I was talking with some friends, you know, we were you know, joking in the context of the situation that's really difficult. But my friends were saying, Dushka, you were born for social distancing. Like I'm in my apartment and I'm happy and I'm behind my computer and I'm writing. But I obviously like I'm a human and I'm a social creature and I crave connection. And um, and I just that moment in the supermarket with this guy that just smiled at me was so anchoring. And I was like, I have to remember to do th this for other people in the way that I know how. He's tall and that's what he can give me. He's tall and gentle and generous and I'm a writer. So what, what is it that I can do from where I sit? And I think that's the question we should all be asking ourselves from what we know how to do. And from we, when we can offer to others, what is it that we can do? It's so interesting. The question I asked myself was, uh, I think it, it, certainly coming from a similar place, which is if I was a legendary leader, what would I do now? Yeah. And, well, and the aha I had was really centered around a couple areas. Number one, do everything I can for my friends and my family. Yes, absolutely. Second, you expand that circle out to, you know, so we have uh, parents who are in high risk ages, right? So there's that and making sure that they're taken care of and they're not doing stupid things and they have what they need and we're supporting them and all that. Yeah. So that all that stuff's important, but then you draw the circle out and what about your community and um our neighborhood has a neighborhood email dushka oh that's so nice that's a great idea and also like you i don't i want to go come back to the neighborhood email because i think i want to hear more about it but also like we can do so much for strangers this guy in the supermarket changed the course of my day and i've i've never seen him before so 
we have the power to do a lot just by just being gentle as we walk through things and go to the supermarket and go to the drugstore and like maybe don't buy out something you don't need so that other people have it. Like, you know, how much toilet paper can you put in your cupboard? Just like leave it in the supermarket. Things like that. Anyway, back to your neighborhood. <laughs> I love it. And I think, hey, stock up on other things. I mean, on a serious note, stock up on gas because... If half of us end up getting this thing, if half of Shell Oil's supply chain is out sick, there's going to be a run on gas. So fill your car up with gas. Toilet paper, you know, I don't know. You can wipe your ass with a lot of things. I think <laughs> fill up on, if you're me, fill up on alcohol. Yes. And uh, other, uh, shall I say, uh, medical... Um, <laughs> Medicinal, Medical, uh, medicinal things that you might medicinal, need for medicinal requirements. Yeah. yeah, no, I went to the pot store and I, you know, I threw down for some inventory. Yeah, uh, there's a tiny little restaurant in my neighborhood that I love them so much. And they were just looking so stressed and I ordered so much takeout. They were like, are you, do you live with a family? And I was like, I live alone and I don't even know what I'm going to do with all this food, but I just want you guys to be okay. Like, Yes. They're going to have to close and they're just tiny and independently owned. So, you know, the, uh, my cleaning lady, like what a privilege to say I have a cleaning lady and she comes to my house every other week. And I said, please don't come, but uh, I want to pay you anyway. Like what, you know, what can we do to yes. do something that is not going to affect us and who that is might really help somebody else? Yeah, we made a list of our favorite restaurants and um, we're seeing who's open and who's doing what. And if they do take out, then we're going to try and buy from them. And, uh, you know, yeah, maybe gift cards buy some too. Gi gi gift cards. And, you know, so uh, we're going to do those things. I mean, I think. And then, of course, there's hospitals and there's churches and there's various charities, uh, NGOs that are trying to make a difference. Uh, and so, um, uh, you know, we're doing some of that. Yeah. And so, and then the other, the other aha that I had was, Hey, genius, um, you're a marketing guy, right? And you got a couple of podcasts. So, um, we're just going to start doing a lot on, uh, marketing leadership, crisis marketing, ideas for growth, um, how you should be com communicating with all of your constituents, customers, prospects, shareholders, of course, employees, uh, partners, et cetera, how, how CEOs can lead companies through marketing. So it's like, hey, I'm a marketing guy that's lived through multiple crises or crisi. What's the plural of crisis? Crisis <laughs> with, an, with an E. The plural of crisis is crisis. So I've lived through multiple crises. Is that that's how you say it? Yep. It's like moose and fish. <laughs> it's like moose and meese. Moose and meese. <laughs> so I've lived through multiple crises as a public CMO. And so I thought, hey, I have that to contribute, right? So and trying to mobilize some other marketing leaders to contribute their thinking in this regard. And so if this thing's going to go on for a while, uh, maybe we can make a difference in sharing marketing insights and, and sparking some ideas. So, you know, that's, you know, so I, I love what you're saying because I think we all have to ask ourselves this question, which is what can we be doing? Yeah, I think what can we be doing for other people and what can we be doing from our own area of expertise? You know, I've been writing a lot about this and I wrote a post uh, quite a few days ago about social distancing and, you know, why it was important. And at the end of the day, social distancing is a, is an act of kindness, is an act of kindness. It, it, and I point this out because 
it feels so selfish to like lock yourself up in your apartment with your lo- loved ones or, or on your own. But it's a it's kindness for you because it keeps you as safe as you can be. And it's kindness for others because if you're already sick, you won't get others sick. And I think that the the best thing that I've seen in all of the scrolling that I've done is a, a doctor that was saying, you have to act as if you were already sick with something highly contagious and act accordingly, which means don't go see other people, don't touch other people. Like the, the mentality is, imagine you already have a highly contagious virus. How would you go about your life? And that is the way, because a lot of us are thinking, I don't want to get it, but we're not really thinking, act as if you had it. And I think that that's really helpful. And it's just, it's just good guidelines. And then who is out there who's scared? That's a great insight, it's great. I, I like it too. Um, I, I thought it was just so helpful and it's so helpful to come up with your own guidelines of what you should be doing or not. Like friends call me and say, do you want to walk one-on-one? Like just the two of us. And I, and I go, that's just not a good idea. Like what if I was sick? I don't want to get you sick. Um, so if you know someone who's scared or someone who's a highly extroverted is a really good example, someone who's highly extroverted and has to be home. Um, if, you can you lighten the mood for someone can you provide solace to someone can you pay people who do good work for you that can't do it now can you pay them in advance um is there someone who can't get their own food there was a very well like um multiple times retweeted story on twitter about this woman who was sitting in her car and uh, who who was walking by another person's car and the person in the car rolled the window down and said, I'm terrified of going into the supermarket because I'm in my late 70s. Can you please buy me my groceries? And the woman was like, of course. And she grabbed the grocery list and went inside and then handed the woman a bag of groceries. So like, who are the people that shouldn't be going to the grocery store? We we should be trying to support those people. Um, uh, I'm a writer, so obviously I want people to like buy books and support local bookstores. Um, books and music are two things that we can do in our in our spaces. Um, you know, listening to sitting down and just listening to music and reading all the books that we always wish that we had time for. And, um, just like thinking about other people, you know, other people beyond ourselves. Tell me more about your neighborhood email. So I love all that. And by the way, just before I get to the thing, the email, I was thinking today about thinking about all the different, you know, areas, uh, uh, categories of people who are affected. And of course, one of them is musicians. Right. If you're a professional musician, performers, performers, performers in general, they closed down Broadway. Oh, my gosh. They closed down All Las Vegas. Oh, awful. If you have a friend who's a musician, just like, I don't know what to do about them. But I perf- any form of performer, I, um, I was going to go see a play a, cu- a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, I don't think that we should be going to the theater. And very shortly after I saw the play, the theater closed down. And I think we should be supporting the arts. So this is the time to buy uh, memberships for theaters and memberships for museums. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Just, you, 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 the more you think about it, the more you realize how deep and wide. I mean, it's all of us, of course. So anyway, the email, you know, we live in this wonderful neighborhood. And for three or four blocks, almost everybody who lives in this little area, we're on a shared email list. And so, and normally it's, you know, uh, parties or get togethers or somebody's doing a bake sale or, you know, it's stuff like that. It's the stuff that now you see on Nextdoor. It's just on an email list and everybody's very respectful and very, you know, 
so uh, as this thing has started to unfold, that email list is lit up and it starts off with people saying, hey, um, do you need us to get you groceries and just the kinds of things you're describing? Do you need help cleaning your house? And uh, now, now, uh, you know, is anybody lonely? Uh, whatever it is, right? There's just this connectedness happening now. I think that's so wonderful. That's so, so wonderful. And to the point of loneliness, um, like I enjoy my time alone. I have friends who are quite introverted and I was speaking with a friend yesterday about the distinction between liking your space and feeling lonely. And he has been feeling terribly lonely. So I made it at a point to just call him. I, I, I'm, I've been calling him twice a day. Yeah. Because it really helps. And like, we, we, we are so social. We are such social creatures. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I want to read you them. something. Yes, please. Um, uh, this is not something I wrote. Um, a friend of mine shared this poem with me and I th thought it was so stunning. Um, so it's not something that I wrote, but I want to share it because it's beautiful. It's called kindness and maybe it'll make me cry. So we're just going to roll with it. Um, kindness and the author is Naomi Shiab Ni. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. N-Y-E. So here it goes. Before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things. Feel the future dissolve in a moment like salt in a weekend broth. What you held in your hand, what you counted on and carefully saved, all this must go so that you know how desolate the landscape can be between the regions of kindness. How you ride and ride thinking the bus will never stop. The passengers eating maize and chicken will stare out the window forever. Before you learn that the tender gravity of kindness, you must travel where the Indian in a white poncho lies dead by the side of the road. You must see how this could have been you. Know he too was someone who journeyed through the night with plans and that the simple breath that kept him alive. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak it until your voice catches the thread of all sorrows and you can see the size of the cloth. Then it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. Only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to gaze at bread. Only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, it is I you have been looking for. And then goes with you everywhere, like a shadow or a friend. That's awesome. Thank you. I love this poem. It's so beautiful. I wanted. I want everyone to hear it. It's wonderful. And and then I have this other incredible thing that I. I a lot of people have been sharing this on social media, so it's possible that you've already seen it. But I'm going to read it to you because it's just so beautiful. The author is is called Kitty O'Meara, and she's Irish. It says. This is also, it's just stunning in a different way. And the people stayed home and they read books and listened and rested and exercised and made art and played games and learned new ways of being and were still and listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced, some met their shadows and people began to think differently and the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully as they themselves had been healed. It's incredible how um, great that is and how, um, how that is spreading. Yes, I, it's absolutely. I've seen it in many places and I'm thinking the, the beauty of beautiful things going viral when we're dealing with a virus is doesn't escape me. 
Yes, I've been, my new mantra or one of my new mantras is uh, spread podcasts, not viruses. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good mantra. And That's it's great to mantra. think, you know, I mean, we live at a time where, what was the name of the gal who wrote that last piece? Kitty O'Meara. Yeah. O apostrophe M-E-A-R-A. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, and now it's showing up all over the place. It's, it's great. It's showing up all over the place. I love it. I, I love it so much. Yeah, strange times, Christopher. Yes. So yeah, I hope I hope listeners go out there and just spend time at home and rethink and rethink what they're doing and that become more elastic and more creative with how they're doing things and um, you know lend a helping hand to someone else and be super responsible with this social distancing thing. I don't know if this is the case for Santa Cruz, but San Francisco's on lockdown since last night. We are on. Uh, yeah. shelter in place. Yeah, they, they locked Santa Cruz down shortly thereafter. Yeah. And it's not unclear what that really means, um, but, you know, we, we went out for a walk yesterday afternoon. I, there's, I went to the beach this morning. There were people around. Mm -hmm. It's certainly not normal. Yeah, um, what it means is not, well, it means staying at home as much as you can. It means only going out for essential things like drugstore and supermarket and supplies and things like that. It means staying six feet away from other people. And it means not gathering, not having friends over, not seeing your friends. Um, and I, I think that it's stipulated that you can go out for walks as long as you stay six feet away from other people. Yeah. And um, I, th I, I, at first, um, when I first started seeing... It, it all started with events getting canceled, like large events. Um, uh, the event, my co the company where I used to work was canceled. Um, it was just like one event after the other. And at first, I every time I heard of a cancellation, I interpreted it as a sign of a catastrophe. And then I realized that it was just a sign of people being responsible. And that uh, until we understood better what was happening, we just couldn't be fostering large gatherings of people. So now with this um, new shelter in place law, what I feel is that someone out there is making the right decisions because the point is to slow down the degree at which this is moving. And the only way that we can do that is avoiding social contact. And it's a very intelligent virus because it has understood how social we are and that's how it propagates. And to slow down the rate of, at, which, at which it's propagating, you have to act as if you were highly contagious. And that means you need to stay home. It does underscore how much we like being where all the rest of us are, right? Absolutely. Even for introverts, it just has reminded me how social I am and how much I miss just snuggling. <laughs> now, snuggling speaking is probably, of snuggling, some snuggling people have probably said not that, allowed. <laughs> well, well, you know, there may be a person, you know, some of us live with a person that we snuggle with, right? Yes. Some um, of us do not. <laughs> some of us do not. And mm -hmm. so um, there's been some speculation. I'm curious what your thoughts are. Are we going to end up w with a baby boom as a result of this thing? Well, let me first let me state that I'm no expert in like these kinds of phenomena. But what I can tell you is that there's been previous crises that have uh, had people stay home. And uh, it typically results in a baby boom nine months later. I'm hoping for something. I, I, I think that a lot of what's happening is tragic and uh scary but i'm hoping that a lot of good comes of this i hope i'm hoping we stay home and end up well rested and end up you know well read and end up having listened to music and think of like you did think of musicians and writers and performers and 
you know, revalue the arts and revalue our priorities and are kinder to each other. Like, I want this to make us better. Yes. And of course, many of us are going to encounter um, financial hardship with this thing at, at a pretty in a, at a pretty significant level it looks like yes that is that is very real and very heartbreaking yeah so i i think it 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 behooves those of us who can to can make a difference to make a difference and uh we'll see as this thing plays out but um i think the um various ngos as well as government agencies and so forth you got to believe there's going to be all kinds of measures that ultimately get taken here yes I'm hopeful. And I think that uh, being on being in a shelter in place, I, I think that that's just I, I feel good about the decision that was made. I'm happy that it's been taken seriously because I think that we really need it. Now, there are people who say this is a mass overreaction and that more people die from fill in the blank than, you know, are even have even been infected with this thing. And. You know, there are some naysayers that are that are saying that, you know, we've, we've overreacted here. I can't tell people how to think. I'm not even going to try, but I have two comments. The first is, if this is an overreaction, all of the naysayers will have plenty of time to make fun of us. And if this is not an overreaction, people might die. So I think that you can hold two things at once. You can hold disbelief and compliance at the same time. And that is my answer to that. Also, we have other countries as an example. We already saw what happened in Italy. We already saw what happened in China. So I don't think it is a stretch to believe that that is what's going to happen here. And we have to act as if it was in order to keep people safe. So if we, I can say, I think this is an overreaction and I'm going to shelter in place. I can do both those things. Hmm. Yeah, because, of course, wrapped in the I think this is a, a scam <laughs> or an overreaction or something. Uh, there were some in the media calling it a hoax uh, pretty recently. Um, wrapped in that is, and oh, by the way, I'm going to keep living my life exactly the way I always have, as opposed to what you're saying, which is I can have my doubts. I cannot be sure. I can think it was a conspiracy theory of one sort or another. Um, and uh, I'm going to stay home and I'm going to order everything off Amazon. That's right. And the, and also the thought is that the measures are not for you. They are for people who might die from this. The measures are not for you. You are doing this for other people, which is, I think, um, and I don't mean this in a, uh, woo woo way. I mean it in an actual way is like, we are all connected and we need to be responsible, not just for ourselves, but for other people. So, like I said, Act as if you were the one who was contagious. Yeah, that's great advice. Anything else on your mind right now, my love? That's it. I am so uh, grateful that you were willing to get on the phone so quickly. And I had so many things to read you and so many things to say. So I feel like you have contributed to me feeling at home, being at home without feeling cagey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and if this thing means that you and I get to talk more often than we might otherwise, that would that would be a good outcome for me. I feel we should make it mean that. <laughs> I've always thought we should do a podcast called My Conversations with Dushka. Yeah, because then we get off the podcast and on the phone and we're like, why are we not recording this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I yeah. don't know. Who, who knows what will get spun up? Oh, I, I did know. There was one other thing I did want to talk to you about. Yeah, tell me. If you think about some of the changes we're seeing 
both in society and in business. Um, you know, so for example, that the nobody going to work and everybody meeting over Zoom and the like, and, and yoga over Zoom and things along these lines. Um, do, are we at the beginning of the end of the office environment? Are we at the beginning of a new type of yoga instruction? Like as all these, these adaptive elastic ways that we're now developing um, get baked into our day-to-day -day run rate, and the longer this thing goes, like, do we wake up in three months if, if, if this is how long it lasts or however long it lasts and people wake up and go, well, why do we go to the fucking office anyway? Or, or, you know what? It's really convenient to do yoga from my living room. Yeah. My answer is, well, I mean, obviously coming from a place of ignorance, because who knows what's going to happen, but I don't think new things are born to kill old things. I think new things are born to provide more choices. Um, I don't think that it's going to be the end of going to the office. I think it's going to be the beginning of being more elastic about the fact that we have choices. I think that it might make companies more global as we all force learn to work from home. But I don't think it's going to eliminate offices. I don't think new things kill old things. I mean, sometimes they do, but I don't think, I don't think that they do when they're social. Um, it's like, I, I can think of a lot of analogies, but like, we still buy books. We still watch television. So I think it's about choice and maybe a little bit about being thoughtful and maybe a little bit about understanding how social we are in the first place. Yeah. So, so more choices about how we do things. More options. Yes. Sort of extent, uh, stretching ourselves out into more options rather than either or. Okay. Got it. Anything else, my love? That's it. Thank you so much. I love you. And I'm Thank hoping you. to do another, another recording soon. I, I love you too. And I love that you wanted to do this. I love that the introvert said, Hey, we should do this. <laughs> I need to talk. I have things to say. <laughs> I got to talk. I got to talk. <laughs> well, I like that you want to talk with me. <laughs> I always want to talk with you. Well, there she is the legendary Dushka Zapata. And um, I sure hope you're doing well and that your family is, and your friends and your coworkers and your colleagues are safe. Um, if you want to send us email, you can always do that. Blackhole at Lockhead.com. We're trying to keep up uh, on Twitter at Lockhead, on Instagram at Lockhead. Um, and you can check out what my 16-year-old nephew calls my weak social media game. <laughs> All right. We would like to thank the legendary Dushka Zapata. Dushka, I'm so glad that you wanted to come on. Uh, another one of her books I love, You Belong Everywhere, and other things you'll have to see for yourself. The good folks at OneLifeFullyLived.org, helping you dream, plan, and live your best life. The number one, LifeFullyLived.org. If you're in marketing, uh, check out Lockhead on Marketing Podcast. Uh, we're going to start to do some work in this area of how to deal with uh, uh, lead-through marketing, why marketing is the leadership department, crisis marketing, ideas for driving revenue, building your category, building your brand, and uh, most importantly, ideas for how you can do uh, good things with marketing at a time when we most need it. So check out Lockhead on Marketing. Uh, my friends at Bottleneck Virtual Assistants are there to help you scale you. Check out bottleneck.online. That's bottleneck.online. If you're a thought leader and you want to get your leading thoughts on some podcasts, my friends at interviewvalet.com are there to help you. Interviewvalet.com. Now, at a time like this, 
it's critical that your company can communicate effectively with employees in the most powerful way. That's where my friends at Socrates.ai come in. They want to help you make your company employee awesome. They are the leaders in what's called a digital communications hub. Imagine being able to talk or text any question into your phone about your company uh, and any HR related topic and get that back. That's Socrates.ai. And my friends at Atranet have been building B2B websites in Silicon Valley for more than 20 years. Check out atre.net. And don't forget, if you can make a difference to a, a nonprofit, an NGO, a local church, or a local hospital, and that's a great time to do it. All right, I need to remind you that this podcast is the sole property of the Lockhead Oddcast Network, and all rights do remain perturbed. Uh, we must warn you that clearly this oddcast gets created in a studio that does contain nuts. We're produced and edited by uh, the legendary Jason DeFilippo. Also, if you want a humorous take on what's going on right now, check out Grumpy Old Geeks, Jason's podcast with his partner, I'm Brian Schulmeister, check out Grumpy Old Geeks. And uh, Sarah Knox and Jamie J do our technical execution and awesomeness and are uh, responsible for Lockhead.com. Show notes by Diane Gervasio. Um, create community. Let's try to be kind to each other. Uh, listen to Leonard Cohen. Spread podcasts, not viruses. Thank you, Candy Dandy. I love you, Mom and Dad. And hey, Colin, this podcast really ties the room together, doesn't it? Today, our deepest apologies go out to Harvey Weinstein. Sorry, Harv. We just ran out of time for you. That's it. Thank you so much for investing part of your life with me. I sure hope you're staying safe, stay legendary, and until we're together again, follow your different.